one of the other things I really liked about the trailer, uh, the Ahsoka trailer, is we see uh, Sabine, and she's she's sort of visiting the mural that she's done, which was yep. the same mural we see in the cartoon. Yeah, and it looks just like it's from. The, and I love the idea that the animated depiction of those stories is essentially is her in her art. Style. Style. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. That's great. That's a brilliant That's touch. Did you get the link I sent you about the the Wilhelm scream? That was really great. I that has to be recent, right? Yeah, it was like a recently, recent discovery, right? Yeah, I, I forget. It, they it was, still like, don't the know moments, who who did the scream, <laughs> but right. this is the actual um, ADR session. So you hear him, whoever it is, being instructed. The first one you did up here was much better. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, no, try again. It's better up in the high. You know, it's like, that sounded better. And yeah, it was great. I, I like the, the Wilhelm scream. I listen for it all the time, especially when you know movies being made by a film nerd, like your Spielbergs mm-hmm. and so forth. You're like, where are they going to put it? Oh, there yeah. it is. Ah! I mean, that's kind of how most of us became familiar with it is that it's in every indie film. It's in every Star Wars film at least once. Yeah. I think sometimes multiple times. But my, my favorite thing about that that out those outtakes is that the previously unreleased Wilhelm scream that follows the the one that we know where it's like kind yeah. of a less enthusiastic one like instead of yeah. ah, it's like ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're like uh, is it getting close to lunch is that it you yeah. you need your blood sugar's low <laughs> ah well you know eating being eaten by a, an alligator wasn't that the the prompt was man being eaten by alligator <laughs> yeah man getting bit by an alligator and he screams it's just like ah, ah! i'm just was, resigned to my fate <laughs> it was cool to hear too the director doing like no no like a not out like a scream a real scream with pain you know? oh not an owl, a real scream of pain. Yeah, like sort of yeah. an old-timey I mean, director, you know, character. I also just love that for something that that in not inconsequential, but at the same time, that is just it's not even. That's probably not the film director. It's just some guys they, like in charge right, of running that session. Yeah. yeah, but it's like they're caring. It's like they're not phoning it in. It's like no, no, no. You're getting eaten by an alligator. We need to really hear it. Yeah, let me hear that. Hear that pain. And it is a classic. And I, I do love that as, as far as, you know, when you uh, when you look towards nerdery of that kind of, of film stuff, it just bonds everybody who knows what a Wilhelm scream is. <laughs> and, you know, in other words, I could go up to Quentin Tarantino or George Lucas and we could talk about the Wilhelm scream. And, and they know that I know. And I know that they know, and we could all talk about how awesome it is and all the tributes and where it's been fitted in. I mean, it was in all those Tarzan pictures, and then, of course, those were the things that they grew up on. So when they're making indie and so forth, they're like, oh, we got to throw one in. Ah, there yeah. it is. Love it. What Has anybody ever used it, like, out of context? <laughs> used in some weird <laughs> situation? Oh, I'm sure, and I'm willing to bet, I'm very willing to bet that Seth MacFarlane and a family guy has probably somehow had Wilhelm scream joke in there. You know, I'm, I don't know for a fact, but it just seems like something he'd be 
probably have a character named Wilhelm, and they just poke him, and he goes, ah! Yeah. <laughs> now that we have the alternate takes, though, I wonder if we're going to start hearing those in movies, Oh, too. yeah, of course. Like the first one. That, you can oh. populate a whole scene with him. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, he goes, no, not oh, not yeah. ow. Yeah. <laughs> not ow. It's like the so first good. one sort of sounds like uh, something from Hanna-Barbera. Ow! Ow! <laughs> getting getting hit on the foot with a mallet or something. Anyway, this isn't for the animation department. Come on. <laughs> so speaking of Star Wars and Indiana Jones, uh, we was it last week? Those are good. Star Wars. Cele- <laughs> I'm quite fond of them. Uh, was it last <laughs> week that Star Wars Celebration happened with the, the all those trailers getting dumped? It was. It was. I think it was last week or maybe the week before. But yes, all the trailers dropping and announcements and Daisy Ridley just being adorable and uh, Rosario Dawson being badass and then the the live action. Uh, what's his name? Cla- Clacker. Oh, uh, the the droid from uh, Rebels. Right. Yeah. Did you watch that? I, I, I have, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank now. Uh, you're, you're, it's you're, Clunker you're or Clacker or something like that. I can't remember. Um, not my favorite character, but still, the fact that all of the Rebels now, all those characters are now going to be live-action people is pretty nifty. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah. man, those trailers were, I mean, Ahsoka, come on, man. It looks Come absolutely on. spectacular, and it likes it, to me. It looks like the most exciting thing we've seen, like since the Force Awakens trailer. To me, it's like wow, this is really yeah. hitting all the notes of things you're kind of wanting to see in Star Wars. Now, um, my question of- to you, because I was talking about this with John, because uh, you know I see him, you know, too frequently. Uh, whereas <laughs> I get to talk to you once a week. But um, how familiar are you with Thrawn? Uh, Enough, I think. I did read part. I, I, I attempted to read *Heir to the Empire*, uh, <laughs> probably because Jerry had recommended it to me. So I know that he's he's really into that, that those novels. Well, it was also, I mean, when those came out, I I I didn't. I think I did try the first book, and I I actually never really got much in the Star Wars novels. Um, me neither. You know, comics to some degree, but to me, they always <laughs> seemed like weak sauce. I'm like, this is just to fill the, the Star Wars hole in our lives. Yeah. And it's not what I want. Right. Though I know, and I totally respect people who were all in and read all of it and believed all of that and whatever. But, um... I, I kind of so lost interest. I don't interest. really know the character. What's that? Oh, yeah. Oh, you don't? Thrawn? I mean, right, I mean not much. I, I read the Air of the Empire adaptation for Dark Horse, but that was years ago. Okay. Well, there's I know a really, he's blue and he has red eyes. There's a really good portrayal of him in Rebels. They brought him back. Was it the last? I didn't finish Rebels. Rebels. Yeah, that's so you you really do need to finish that before Ahsoka starts. Um, All right, dude. Jesus Christ. All right, I, I'll see you later. I guess I can yeah, get a few episodes in. <laughs> <laughs> but they do they do a really good job with him. From what I know, what I knew of the character before, it's it's uh, Lars Mikkelsen, not Lars. Uh, yeah, it is Lars. Lars Mads is the other guy. Yeah, Lars Mikkelsen plays him, and he, he's uh, just he does the voice, obviously for Rebels. Now he's going to be playing in live action, which is great news. Um, so that uh, he does a great job with him. His character is, I think, really well portrayed based on what I knew of him before. Uh, he's he's a villain like we've never seen in Star Wars. Um, 
I think in any other, you know, he's just really, he's almost kind of like, um, I'm going to say like a Sherlock, a Sherlock Holmes type villain. Cause he's really, oh. really just viciously intelligent and unpredictable. Okay. That's cool. Yes. Which is why some people were hoping that Benedict Cumberbatch would, would play him. But uh, there was some oh, fan art portraying him. That would have been amazing. But I'm, I'm glad we've got Lars all the same. Uh, now, now, uh, is he a clone or there are clones of him? No, he's just a Chiss um, dude, blue dude. I think what I was getting it mixed up with is that Era of the Empire, uh, that storyline, they're not really adapting because uh, they've changed all that. I but I think not. that plot line was Thrawn. <laughs> yeah was was cloning the emperor right that was the thing is I that he so. was bringing the emperor back i didn't get that far and i do it. know that in in mandalorian they mentioned you know um or is it oh yeah that project necromancy right or necromancer that is the cloning of palpatine project that leads to the the sequel trilogy or so it is Filoni, yeah, yeah. It, it seems like Filoni and John Favreau are, and especially with them announcing a Ray solo movie, is them going like, "We're not going to reboot the sequels. We're just going to try and fix that stuff. We're going to try and accept what they gave us and make it better." <laughs> Which I think is their stock and trade because I mean that was their whole thing with Boba Fett was we're going to accept. The Sarlacc pit and all that, but we're going to try and bring him back, but we're not going to deny anything you've already seen. We're just well, going to explain it better. It really is kind of Dave Filoni's wheelhouse, too, although he's not doing the Ray movie, obviously. I wish he would, honestly. If, they're gonna, if they have to do it, I, I kind of wish Dave was at the helm of that. He might be by that point. You know, who knows? I'm okay yeah. with them doing it. I don't blame the faults of the sequels on that character. It's what no. they do did yeah this and is a story. i like daisy ridley a lot as yeah. ray so i'm excited yeah. but i still feel um, like oh it's short I mean, shrift was given to everybody and whatever what i mean by uh dave filoni's wheelhouse is that he did kind of do that with the clone wars was sort of him fixing the prequels in a sense or he's him yeah. fleshing out yeah. that whole story and and bringing a lot of that story to life that, that stuff that Lucas actually well. had in mind, you know, it was all Lucas was doing that stuff with him. The first, whatever it was, six, six seasons of clone wars right. was uh, in collaboration with Lucas himself. So that's one of the reasons why that stuff is so good. Um, so, uh, and yeah, so they do seem to be kind of heading in that direction and I'm still in denial about it. <laughs> I'm like, no, but they, <laughs> They could, they're, it looks like they're driving towards, look up there, there's a sequel. So at the last minute, they're going to go, ah, <laughs> like spin off in some <laughs> other direction. I keep hoping that's going to no, happen. No, no. The thing about the Ray, here's the thing about the Ray movie. I'm, a lot of these announcements, I, because of what we've, what's happened in recent years, I would take a lot of this with a grain of salt because there's been so many announcements from Lucasfilm that just have not panned out. Um, do I even need oh, to yeah. name them? And there are movies that are that were announced and have been abandoned, and yeah, there's so, all kinds of shifting. Yeah, so it it's quite possible this Ray thing might never happen, at least not the way it's been planned planned right now. You know, they, they know they have well, somebody writing you know, it, they have somebody set to direct it. Over the failure of it, it, it <laughs> might happen, and it might be good. I, I hope it is. Obviously, yes. I, okay. I, I don't want any of these movies to fail. But I, not I just, a single one of them. And I, I got to stop complaining about this, but I just, 
It's just I, I just wish they didn't have to accommodate that that, that terrible story. The, I know, I know, I know what you're saying, and so, me too. Yeah. I I actually would have been okay, except except when it came to the people involved. I would have totally been okay with them scrapping the sequels and starting over. I would I would feel terrible for the actors who worked on it so hard on it, and and including the writers and directors, including J.J. Abrams, even mm-hmm. though he messed up a lot of it and messed. He's the primary problem with a lot of it, but uh, I would be okay with them saying, "Oops, let's try that again." Uh, but I also realize how they just can't. I mean, they just can't. The money was spent. The action figures were made. They can easily say all those novels you guys have been reading for 25 years are nonsense, non-canonical stuff because yeah, people can go read them if they want, but uh, we're not going to you know, delete the files. They're still there. They just didn't really happen. The movies are the real deal. And then you go, but what if the movies screw up? Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> we just have to embrace it. We have to embrace Ewoks instead of uh, Wookiees. Right. Damn, so- man. If it had happened on Kashyyyk and it was all Wookiees, dude, taking down imperial walkers come on you know it's funny this this is this was a sign uh, just an emblematic of the times we were in paul and i um who we met each other that year that school year it was uh our eighth eighth grade at lanier middle school and he and i both went to a comic con it was out of the galleria i believe and uh there was a panel where somebody was giving a presentation on the soon to be released return of the jedi so this was, was probably, oh, wow. this might've been late in the fall of 82. So it was uh, like, you know, maybe about six months before the movie came out. And so he was, he was showing us a, a, a slide presentation of like concept art and things like that and basic plot elements and stuff that, and I don't, I'm, I have a feeling now this guy was not official. He was probably just like an industry, like nerd who had, had gotten some leaks and things. I have no idea what <laughs> this probably was. clipped a lot of pictures out of star star log and uh, turned them into slides. But he had, he had artwork of uh, concept art, oh. which I'm, I'm guessing was Endor, but they, they were just assuming that it was Kashyyyk as they like, were, we're going to look at Chewbacca's home world. You know, this, we're going to see this. We're all going, yes. So that's that just added insult to injury when we actually went to go see Return of the Jedi. <laughs> and we've got no, these I Ewoks. Think, I think, I think it did get leaked, whether it was through fan what stuff. What was the original or idea? Yeah. Panels. yeah. But in, in other words, I knew. So I knew enough of that was going to be a thing to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. So when I saw, you know, I was all down. And I, you know, Return of the Jedi, I still really enjoy. But I sit there going, it's just undercut. There's some really heavy stuff here. And it's undercut by cute little furry things and Mm -hmm. no offense to the actors who played the Ewoks, no offense to the designers who designed them, but you just sit there and it's so coldly commercial and you can say it's easier to find little people actors than it is to find actors who are over six foot tall. I get that, but still I'm sitting there going like, Oh man, Teddy, you just look at it going, that is Kenner. That, (laughs) that is uh, 20th century Fox going, Christmas will be coming up after that movie and we want them to buy tons of shit. So make sure you got these little adorable little teddy bears ready. Mm-hmm. 
And it's a fine metaphor of David versus Goliath. It's like, okay, it's the little primitive people versus the technological. But I'm like, yeah, but. It would have been so much cooler. It would have been so much cooler. If it was fucking Wookiees taking them out. God damn it. They had the sets left over from the holiday special. Don't even tell me that. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't really. I remember being disappointed and that movie came out, like, especially like at the end, because I didn't know, none of us knew really what was going to happen with Darth Vader at the end at that point. Yeah. So when he did suddenly change his mind and become good at the end, I was like, my first reaction was like, what is a good guy now? I'm supposed to like him now. <laughs> you know, like, what is this? It really wasn't until much later watching it on rewatching it on VHS um, that I started to appreciate much more the the father son dynamic uh, the relationship that was being conveyed in those those final scenes. And I know then, that they they had well, to cram yeah. it in 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 a small space. I do think they did it well. I think mm-hmm. that was also undercut by it was undercut by the visual. Where no offense to that actor, but you know it's like oh that's what he looks like under the helmet, um, and he doesn't oh. sound anything like what what the person who would have been making a James Earl Jones voice. So you're like, this doesn't fit. Yeah. But the message is fine. If him going like, I screwed up, uh, you know, just let me die. And you know, and you're like, Oh, that's, it's pretty good. It could have been, it could have been better. It just could have been better. This boils down to that. And then you're like, okay, well, I'm not sure if, um, Hayden Christensen is 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 also what I picture when you take the fucking helmet off, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, them swapping out the Force Ghost, I was like, oh, dude, that's when they did that with the the reissue. With oh yeah yeah, when you're yeah. like oh now it's Hayden oh, so Christensen he- because because Anakin died when he became Darth Vader, so his Force Ghost would be the good young hot version going. I'm not that old bald dude. Yeah, <laughs> looking I'm creepy. At you. Yeah, he does. This, he does like that. That Hayden creepy like brow stare or whatever you want to call it that he does. Yeah. Hey, it's, hey, uh, how you doing? Anyway. Hey, hey. Yeah. yeah. Hey, look, it's me and Obi Wan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had our we had our issues. Now we're buddies. We're ghost buddies. Oh, look, and there's Yoda. We're all ghost buddies. Yeah, you know, anyway. What I find what I find amusing about that too is throughout the years. Uh, Mark Hamill has been pretty outspoken, just like he was about uh, Last Jedi. <laughs> like, not, yeah. he, not he doesn't. You know, he, he was pretty pretty disappointed with how Last Jedi turned out, but he he was disappointed in Return of the Jedi as well. And he was he told George, you know, I know that's a common thing. People say, well, didn't people? There weren't enough people saying no to George. Mark was saying no to because <laughs> I think I guess he had he gotten an early treatment of it, or maybe George had told him what. Oh yeah, you know, we're gonna have the Wookiees come in. It'll be great. And then, then he gets the first <laughs> script, and it's Ewoks instead of Wookiees. And he's like, George, what what happened to the Wookiees? So, uh, you know, it's a kid's movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, God. Even back then, Luke Luke was foreseeing the disappointment of fans. <laughs> How did Luke? Mark, Mark <laughs> it's, it's was just seeing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure you get the, the, the actor and the character separated. Oh, I know hi, that's Mark. hard for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you keep going up to him at conventions going, could you lift an X-Wing out of a swamp? I sure would like to see you lift an X-Wing out of the swamp with just your mind. Could you do it? Did you see 
Did you see this mashup that somebody did where they took uh, the guy who did the, the Room? I'm trying to remember the name. Uh, oh, the director oh, of the Tommy room. Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau, and they 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 put him into the Last Jedi trailer where he's throwing <laughs> a, he's throwing a football at, at Mark Hamill on the on Octo, <laughs> and it just bounces off. It's, it's so well done. It just bounces off Mark's head. He goes, "Oh, hi, Mark!" <laughs> Throws a football at him, and it just goes. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's really great. Anyway. Uh, I'll look that up. So no, but I did see the trailer for his next movie, and um, oh, really? Yeah, it's like Land Shark or something. And <laughs> I mean, yeah, the man what? is a terrible filmmaker. Now he's he's gotten the okay from Hollywood to be a bad director and make bad movies on purpose, and then you're like. Yeah, it's better when you find the bad filmmakers when they think they're actually being great. Once they're in on the joke, then it's like, why do I want to go watch him purposefully make a terrible movie? Uh, it has terrible effects of a shark, and he's fighting it, and whatever. Okay. Wow. Yeah. No, I know you're not going to rush right out and see it. Is it really called Land Shark? No, like it's that. something like that. It, it's something <laughs> like that, and it Land is... Land Shark the movie. It's kind of that because the shark is uh, somehow swimming in streets and stuff. Let me, I'm going to look it up. Telegram. (laughs) I would would pay money to see that. Telegram. Candygram. Yeah. Flowers. (laughs) It's like, no, I know what you are. You're that land shark. And she goes, I'm only a dolphin. (laughs) 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 Okay, let's see. Tommy was uh what are you up to these days? Oh, um it's called Big Shark. It's literally called Big Shark. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> Big Shark. That just is like it's like calling a movie ambulance. Yeah. Or plane. Yeah. Both of which I have mocked roundly, and yet John's like, okay, they're both really good movies. And I'm like, yeah, they might be, but I can't go see a movie called Cargo Vehicle. You know, I just can't do that. I can't can't go see a movie called Hand Truck. (laughs) All right, so let's let's get back. back. This is a very very meandering episode. Part of the reason why... Uh, It's what we do. It's what we do. It's what we do. Part of the reason why I'm all over the place right now is, folks, we're recording this on the eve of the Mandalorian finale. (laughs) Which we have not seen. Obviously, we haven't seen it. I know. And then and night, we would night, be talking about that. One night after that, we get the Picard season three finale. So we're like, <laughs> right now. I, I'm right there with you. And I will say, well, I'll ask you your opinion. I think that after a series low episode, the next episode of Mando was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very much looking forward to how they wrap it up. There's so many things that could happen. I'm like, I don't know what to expect. Yeah. I try not to, I mean, unless they're literally just pointing it because with Picard, it's, it's a cliffhanger. We know what the whole thing is. Oh my God. Starfleet has been uh, turned, uh, simulated into Borg agents and they're about to blow up the earth. Yeah. So we know what to expect, but with Mandalorian, it has been very all over the place. And we're not quite sure what plot lines are even going to bother wrapping up other than, the fate of the Mandalorians. Who's the spy? Who's the other spy? Yeah. 
Let's, let's it can't be the armorer. It can't be the armorer. She's too cool. She's too cool. Let's circle back around to this towards the end because people are all like, right. Well, all okay, right, okay. We we'll know what happens since this <laughs> I trust you to be the the, the guide. Um, so That's we also thing. found out that um, oh, damn it, what's his name? The guy who's doing Indy Five. Um, uh, it's James Mangold. Mangold, thank you. Yes, James Mangold. Yeah, James Mangold is is slated to do. I'm very excited to hear about this. I think it's called the Acolyte. Is that right? Or something like that? Um, the Acolyte. Yeah. The, is, the um, early, earliest, the earliest we'll ever get in the uh, Star Wars. Yeah. Universe. So it's like the beginnings of the Force and the beginnings of the Jedi and stuff. I'm like, Great. I will say this. It, he used that as a description. I was like, no, it should be the beginnings of people's awareness of the Force. That's me being really nitpicky. Because the Force doesn't have an origin. It's always there. It's the source of life and light. It's like, you don't have it show up. Yeah. It's always been there. Yeah. But, yeah, that's mean. Uh, and he says, and he goes, this is like, uh, he said this will be like the Ten Commandments in the Star Wars universe. I love and I'm it. like, bring it. Yeah. I'm all for it. He's also the guy slated to do Swamp Thing. Yes. Oh. So he finally made it. We already suspected that was the case, but they made it official. Yeah. Oh, speaking of it being Superman Day, did you see uh, um, James Gunn's post for that? No, I did not. What did he do? Hey, he just on Twitter he posted the title page. He goes, "Oh, that's it." Yeah, pre- yeah. He said that, pre-production yeah. starts today. Appropriately, pre-production is starting on Superman Day. Love it. Um, so the script's done. They're they're already talking to costumers. They have not cast it yet, but I mean, come on, that's so exciting. I, please don't fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> Dear Mr. Gunn, I am just a little boy of 54 years old, and I'm asking you, please do not fuck up Superman. (laughs) Uh, So also, um, uh, God, I'm having another name uh, loss. (laughs) Don't worry, I got my my other browser ready. You let me know. The guy who played Kingpin. um, Oh, D'Onofrio. Vincent Vincent D'Onofrio has has come out. It was during a panel. Oh, he came out? Good for him. He came out and saying he he wants to play Swamp Thing in this movie. So he he put it out there. And I I thought. I will say it's a great part. Now, if he wants to play Alec Holland before Swamp Thing, I'm like, well, you're a little too old and you're really heavy. Yeah. I mean,. He he fluctuates. I don't mean to body shame at all. Right. Uh, and he literally does pack it on to be Wilson Fisk. Let's not forget that one of the first things he ever did was Adventures of Babysitting, where he was the uh, car mechanic who looked like Thor. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy can get cut when he needs to. And you're like, wow. Um, and then years later. Yeah. I could, I could see um, him doing. Yeah, you're right. He is a bit old to be doing Alec. But but I, guess, I could see you know for an actor of his, I mean he's amazing. He could do mocap for actor, Swamp Thing so well for sure. Yes, and it is just about. I, it's not. I know for a fact he's not sitting there going, "Oh boy, another comic book movie." It's that character. There's so much you can do with that, and mm-hmm. I'm sure actors are like going, "Yeah, come on." Would, it's got the tragic monster thing, but it's also got this poetry to it. And it's like, oh, man, I, I want to do that part. I want to do that part now. I would love to see him as a hero, too, because we we haven't yes. seen D'Onofrio do anything except just really disturbingly <laughs> twisted characters well, for I a mean, while. Uh, yeah, for a while. Because what was it? Criminal Intent? One of the um, uh, Law and Order's 
where he was sort of a Sherlock type, brilliant uh, detective. And he was on that for seasons and he mm. was great. But it was sort of one of those things like, I don't really know how to deal with people, but I've got a brilliant mind. And you're like, great. So uh, he was heroic. Yeah, yeah. So I, I know he's he's he, he's actually incredibly he's dynamic director actor. Yeah, he can do anything. But I always think of of uh, obviously Kingpin, and I think of Edgar from the so from the Men good. in Black, and yeah, uh, yeah. and his character in a Full Metal Jacket, which I, yeah might have been his first movie. I'm not sure. No, I don't Maybe think not. it was his first movie. I think actually I could be wrong, but I think Adventures in Babysitting was before that. Okay, okay. Anyway, yeah, I hope he gets that. I think that'd be cool. If they can make it work. I, I'm, I'm down for it. I want right. a good actor. And I'm sure James Mangold, since he's at the level he's at, and I'm sure that they'll be pumping some money in because of the James Gunn DCEU or DCU uh, train, they're not going to half-ass it. Mm-hmm. I I watched both those original Swamp Thing movies, man. Oof. I watched <laughs> some of the TV series. It's, you know. It, it's... High camp. Neither. Of, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. High camp. Yeah. I mean, Toby Hooper. I, I, I like Toby Hooper, but I'm like, oh, I guess for the time period, that's as good as you're going to get. Mm. Adrian Barbeau uh, and a guy in a, a latex suit. Yeah. All right. I, I was quite fond of Adrian Barbeau when I was a kid. Oh, I no, like, no. I, li- hey, oh, hey. I, <laughs> I think it literally was a comic that I had want, I want that. Head I want that to be a little sound bite that we use. And you go, <laughs> <laughs> I think I might actually and, have and it. And I'll title it Adrian Barbeau is what I'll title that, uh, that wave file. I, I think there was, <laughs> they, I think they actually put her on the cover. I mean, I mean, that's, I'm getting this wrong. There, there was, there was a, an issue of a swamp thing that came out when that movie came out, which is actually still from the film. Oh, really? Of swamp thing. Uh, but oh, the inside oh. is just a comic depiction of the movie. I have that in my box over here. I haven't dug it out yet. Interesting. Anyway. I, I haven't had the floppies to Swamp Thing in a long time, but I've got, of course, well, actually, I have the pre-Alan Moore stuff they collected as the saga of the Swamp Thing, uh, which is all the Bernie Wrights and the original like horror stuff. And then when Alan Moore took over, of course, I've got all those hardcovers because the Alan Moore Swamp Thing run, just one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Jesus, the man, whatever he touched, he may hate all of it now or mock it. I don't care. It's great. Alan, you've divorced yourself from the industry and that's okay. They did you wrong, but God damn the stuff he did. Mm-hmm. It's immortal. Um, mm. So, and then we also found out that they're planning to do uh, apparently this, like the year before or a year after the Ray movie. This is all just speculative planning. Is, right this, is this something that came out during uh, yes, the acceleration that they're going to do a sort of a, a big event movie for the Mandoverse and stuff, um, mm, which I'm guessing be now because we're getting thrown, it's probably going to be essentially heir to the empire and um, the movie. So, and all these players will be in it. Yeah. We'll have Ahsoka. We'll have Thrawn. We'll have Mando. We'll probably have Boba Fett for a little bit. Mm. I wonder if we're getting any Jedi. I mean, besides Ahsoka. Um, yeah. That, 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 oh, okay, I'll come back to that. <laughs> oh, we'll come back to that. Um, so I'm, I'm curious about that, too, because I, I think I, I heard that rumor. Then I actually saw the Ahsoka trailer where she says, she actually says heir to the Empire in the trailer. Yeah. Like, yep. 
Oh, they're probably and just everyone gonna, in the crowd lost their shit. Yeah, they're probably going to do an adaptation of that storyline. So you're, you're probably right; they're going to kind of go in that direction, but not exactly. They're going to, but what they're going to do is they're going to fold what they've been doing or what happened in the sequels. They're going to uh, hodgepodge it. Yeah, it's the books, but through what needs to happen to make the sequels work. But they're probably, I mean, unless they really want, unless they're planning to bring the legacy characters back into it again, they may have to shift the storytelling out into the unknown regions, which apparently is where Thrawn has been most of this time. Mm, mm. Because if he is back in the main galaxy, they'd have to do some gymnastics to try to explain why Luke Skywalker is not involved like he was in the novels. So Very true. You know, so we'll, we'll see. Well, he's off. Um, he's established his Jedi school and maybe there's like a, a little baby Kylo Ren going, gaba gaba going to kill my dad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. If only they had listened closer to what little Ben Solo was talking <laughs> yeah, oh, about. Oh, he's so cute. Oh, did he say kill his dad? No, no. It's just- oh, he says the craziest things. <laughs> um, so what else was there? Uh, well, we have obviously the stuff we already know is coming, like Skeleton Crew with Jude Law, yep. which looks interesting. Um, I, I can't. I mean, that one. I. I mean, did they have footage or anything? They just introduced the cast, right? They may have been shown footage at the celebration, but we oh, haven't seen it. Well, yet. I didn't Maybe. see any. So the story, I don't quite. You know, I don't have a grasp of it. I'm just like, okay, it's yet another thing announced. Yeah. And Taika Waititi is the guy going like. Oh, I promise I'm going to get around to doing my Star Wars thing. I just have too much else on my plate. Yeah, yeah. That's that. that I mean, that's that's why I'm like, ah, I'll believe this when I see it. And until we see, basically, until we see a trailer, I'm not going to believe any of this shit. I so, I, I hear you. Yeah. So, um, but I think that was that was all the main Star Wars stuff. Um, I'm probably I'm sure I'm forgetting something. At least the stuff that I care about. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I mean, I. With with Star Wars, with even the DCU at this point, it's all hopeful optimism. But I, you know, there is for me a division as a fan where I go, will anything they do meet my expectations or my wants? Usually not. And if they get really close, I'm very happy. I am glad to be a fan that has an inner life and creative life outside of that to where it's not totally wrapped up. I can feel betrayed by the superhero movies. I I mean, in a nerd way where I'm like going, damn it. They gave you whoever director, writer, blah, 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 the keys to the kingdom. And that's what you did. Mm -hmm. And I can sit there going, I could have done better. They didn't call, you know, that kind of thing. But at the same, at the same time, I, I do have the perspective to go, eh, you know, it's like in my head, there's some platonic ideal of all of these things, and they're never really ever going to get there. Marvel has my vote so for so long simply because they have surprised me at how well they have done over a long period of time. Not everything's genius. Not everything hits solidly, but I still sit there going like care was taken mm-hmm. and I was entertained. Yeah. Did you see the, the trailer for the Marvels? Yes. Yes, I did. Yeah. It looks fun. I mean, and it looks fun. The one thing I will say is as a trailer that didn't blow me away Hmm. as a trailer that, I mean, it didn't even have like, and I know this is early days. 
I, the Quantum Mania trailer did blow me away. Uh, song choice, all of that was really great. Mm. This felt like, oh, I can't wait to see my friends again. That was yeah. basically it. Yeah. Um, and I will say, Steel in the show is um, um, how do you pronounce her name? The one playing Kamala Khan. Yes. I don't uh, know her name. It's a uh, Im- Imana, maybe something. Um, no disrespect by not not getting her name right, but she lights it up. She lights up the screen, and she does get to be the character that's cute and funny because, oh, oh my God, she's the fangirl. Like, Nick Fury, hey, how are you doing? Uh, is this an Avengers test? All that's very funny. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure it'll build. My expectations will build. But I also realize, yeah, people are maybe getting a little tired, and I get that. I'm still going to go, and I'm excited. Yeah. Well, I think this way. I saw a couple things about this recently that that, and I think this is all stuff that happened under Chapex, uh, Bob Chapek. I don't know if we can squarely blame him for this, but Marvel's output was absolutely insane there for a few years. Yeah. And I think Ant Man was probably hopefully the last one that came out that's that's gonna be suffering from that that rush job yeah. that they've been yeah. the gun that they've been under for, for several years now that Bob Iger's back. That was something Bob Iger said that they're trying to scale things back and be more realistic about their output. And after seeing Ant Man, I understand why you said that, because it was a solid idea that just they didn't finish they didn't finish the movie, really. Um, it, it but I will say to me, not in any destructive way but yes you can see I, I, that i still enjoyed it i mean we yeah we, you know, i definitely enjoyed it i'd watch it again but yeah there were so many moments where i'm like oh they didn't yeah they didn't finish that effect or ooh, this i see yeah. there, there was another ending here originally and they changed their mind at the last minute for some stupid reason which turned out yeah. to be true <laughs> yeah um so anyway but yeah i'm, I'm hopeful that things are going to turn around there because they they got a little off track there for a couple of years where i just think that just well, didn't the, seem like was, they were being quite as meticulous it was quantity yeah and they're aware of it and they they came out and said yeah Yeah. we're gonna pull back our our releases for a bit um and focus on making each one great and i'm like do it yeah i wonder if i had something to do i don't know if they heard me i don't know if they heard (laughs) probably not it, it could be too that this was new to them to be juggling disney plus with the films too that, mm-hmm. that might have been part of the problem they're just, they're just spread a little too thin it's still just an amazing accomplishment what they've done across oh, yes. television and and i'm like i keep saying it and people like don't get it i'm like this has never happened in history this isn't me being a comic yeah. nerd this has never happened in the history of the filmic medium that you have an interwoven you know, continuity between decades worth of films and television shows. This will be studied. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this will end up in film schools and stuff. Whether or not you care about the subject matter, you have to sit there going like, I mean, what if it had been like the Agatha Christie verse or something like that, where it was like, unbelievable. They just kept adapting all of her books and Marple and Poirot, they kept crossing over. And it was like, if they had done that, it would be the same thing. We're like, one, I can't believe it. Same actors, same universe, every single movie, a consistent pleaser. It's like, yeah, it doesn't matter that they're superheroes. Just look at the accomplishment and go, wow. Yeah. And they're not done yet. I, I'm not counting them out. Oh, no. Yeah, gosh, they got my money. We're still, we're still, we still got the X Men to look forward to. Fantastic Four. Oh, god damn it! So much coming. 
Um, oh, fantastic! One thing I'm looking forward to with Marvel, the uh, the Marvels, is uh, is it Monica Ram- Monica Rambeau, right? Is that yes. her name? Mm-hmm. To having her character a little bit more fleshed out. We did see a lot of her in WandaVision, but she, the thing that bugged me about, there was a lot of things that were rushed in the final couple episodes of WandaVision, I think because they actually did drop a whole episode because of time constraints in the COVID. I don't think they dropped up. an episode, but they really had to compromise right at the end. Yeah. You can tell. Because she, like, she, oh her, no. Her character never gets a chance to react to the fact that she has superpowers all of a sudden. Yeah. She I just, know. She's just kind of like, oh, okay. Like, whoa, hey. <laughs> this should be oh, mind-blowing. I guess I'm Photon now. Oh, right. okay, great. So hopefully they'll they'll give her a moment in the movie. And here I am just nerding out again when when you've got these characters in one movie and they are basically saying, it's like your powers are somehow all connected and they're body swapping and I'm sitting there going, that is 1970s Marvel Captain Marvel was that was the whole thing. Rick Jones, we don't have a Rick Jones in the MCU, but the whole thing of the, the mega bands and it's like they swap bodies. It's like their take on Captain Marvel take on Shazam to some degree. It's like, uh, so the whole thing of I'm Kamala Khan and then I do use my powers. Don't. And then suddenly Carol Danvers is standing there going, what the fuck's going on? (laughs) I love it. It is so it's another way that they have taken something. Um, unlike when the DC people do it and they just pick a name out of a hat, they have taken a trope and they have, how does it work within this cinematic universe and still give you the same nerd, uh, you know, like acknowledgement um, that old fans will sit there going like, Oh, that's great. And apparently the nega bands will be a part of it that I knew that in Ms. Marvel when they gave her, they changed her a lot for the TV show, but I loved it. But you know, the bracelet that has unlocks her powers. I'm like going, somebody please call that a nega band. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they didn't, but now I think they are going to acknowledge that. Oh, that's great. I'm happy. So, um, the, the, the Ahsoka trailer has some winding back, back to the Ahsoka trailer again thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some interesting things in there. Those two seemingly dark Jedi, but not quite, characters that we see that they're they're clearly antagonists uh this character i think it's balin i forget what the his apprentice is called but you, you would think that they're sith or something like that but they're they're their lightsabers are orange instead of red yeah she's I got she's quite... got a padawan braid that you can see so oh. there's something very different about them um so i'm, I'm really curious to see what that is there's something very they're, they're different sort of like about those jedi anti anti-hero jedi maybe they're not exactly evil i mean who knows so that, that was a theory is that I think Dave, Dave Filoni has actually said this. Gray Jedi? I think Dave Filoni has actually said this, that they're because of some rotoscoping errors or color errors in, in, huh. in Jedi, Darth Vader's lightsaber sometimes occasionally appears orange instead of red. And I think Dave Filoni has actually said that's because he's, you know, his light, his, his alliance in the force is, is God shifting. God bless that nerd. He's sitting there going frame by frame and then coming up with reasons why this thing happens. God bless his brain. And this is his movie. So that, that, yeah, I love that idea. So we'll see, we'll see where that goes. There's also uh, a couple scenes that look like they're depicting, or at least kind of like uh, what, what's called the world between worlds. And from Rebels, which we've talked about on the show a few times yeah, here before. Yeah, yeah. It's just space outside space and time that... Uh, well, Yoda went there. Did, did Yoda, no. Did Yoda go there? 
Uh, I think Ezra. he went there in, in uh, Clone Wars. Did he? Well, he did. Yeah. Take, he took a really crazy journey. I don't remember him actually going to the World Between Worlds. But maybe I he could be. He did. Could be. Are we going to have this fight again? <laughs> I have to go watch that, 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 and, that vision quest and, thing he goes on. Where and he, he did say, he goes, um, he goes, there's an ultimate sort of thing once you've really combined with the Force. If you're really powerful and pure Jedi, he goes, there's a place beyond time and space. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, cool. which, which is why one of my fan theories when Mandalorian first started, I was sitting there going like, that really is baby Yoda is what I was thinking. I was like going that he basically bounced back like, like a reincarnation they, state. They could still know? do that actually. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Well, now he has a button to say yes and no. So yeah. that's good. <laughs> um, so th- th- it looks like uh, I would not be surprised if that's tied into this somehow, that maybe it's th- the, the thrust of the story is sort of what we, what might be the, the dial of destiny, the Indiana Jones thing where they're trying to find a time device to, to go back and change the fate of the, of the, uh, uh, the Imperial, you know, the galactic yeah. uh, civil war. So mm-hmm. that, that could be really interesting, but I, I'm just really interested to see whatever Dave, knowing that Dave has got the reins on this thing just makes me really excited. So I, oh, I'm I, glad that you're calling him Dave. I keep forgetting you guys are such close friends. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. I mean, the thing is, of course, because I'm such a, a nerd for this stuff, I, you know, you always hear about those, whatever, raffles or something where, or charity events where you can win a dinner with people. Like Dave Filoni and John Favreau, if I had the money, I would totally bid on like just a lunch or a dinner just to sit there and just chaw uh you know chew the fat and talk star wars with those guys Mm -hmm. wouldn't that be great it'd be awesome yeah absolutely yeah maybe we can get them on the show sometime you never know oh man let's do that i've been surprised to see the the kind of people on youtube who managed to get interviews with these with these folks uh you know i'm sure obviously got big get big gets you know with with actors for some of these shows so I, I'm sure that it is that a, um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, <laughs> it is a thing probably of, you know, someone knew someone's publicist or whatever. Yeah. And, it, and I'm sure they do take into account how many followers does that person have? Sure. Who's going to, you know, actually tune in. Right. Um, I would say John and Dave, you're at least 35 people. If you guys come and talk to us, at least 35 people are going to hear it. <laughs> One of the other things I really liked about the trailer, uh, the Ahsoka trailer, is we see uh, Sabine, and she's she's sort of visiting the mural that she's done, which was yep. the same mural we see in the cartoon. Yeah. And it looks just like it's from – and I love the idea that the animated depiction of those stories is essentially is her in her art style. Artwork. Yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. That's great. That's a brilliant That's touch, and it just yeah. makes makes the whole thing seem cohesive and and uh, connected. And so. I need to go on record as saying something. I have no problem with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I have no problem with her. So when you add in her playing Athena, oh Hera, I'm okay with this. I mean Hera. Sorry, yeah. went to the wrong, uh, <laughs> wrong mythological God. character. Yeah, but I mean. Again, the the live actioning of those animated characters is kind of a thrill where you're like, oh, I know you from a whole other genre, but now there you are walking around. Yeah, It was cool just seeing the ghost, just seeing the ship, yeah. you know, show up and the, the, I was like, oh, there it is, dude. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, when I saw her, that was one of the, the just little moments, just seeing her in the trailer, you know, flying, mm-hmm. flying the, flying mm-hmm. the ship. I was like, yes. <laughs> and again, I have no problem with Chopper her. is the name of the droid, by the way. Chopper, thank you. And and uh, well, it took me fifty five minutes. <laughs> 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 Sorry, and what were you going to say? No, I was just saying, you know, the the Twilik or Twilik. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. It's either Twi or Twi, yeah. Um, that species, which is so interestingly, you know, basically was shown primarily as dancing girls and slaves on Jabba's, uh, in Jabba's palace and all that. And they've become now like sexy to people. And for me, it's like weird stuff, big tentacles off your head. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. But then you get, you get. Uh, a Rosario Dawson and a Mary Elizabeth Winstead or on Mandel uh, and Boba Fett. Why am I blanking? We're old now. It's oh. like every five minutes it's us going, Flash Jessica Beale. Yeah. Jennifer Beals. Yeah. Jennifer Beals. Yes. And and I'm like, okay, guys, I guess I'm going to admit it. You put the right actress and put tentacles on their head. And then you blew her it out. Works. <laughs> it works. I know. For one thing, why do you get an actor that, high level and then have her be in a couple episodes and you think it's going somewhere uh, and she just gets blown up. But by the way, there, there have been uh, some clarifying rumors that have come out recently that make okay. me, make me kind of understand what's going on with, with the Mando series a little bit better. There were, there were okay. rumors going, this is coming from Jason Ward of making star Wars.net. I don't know if you've ever read or if you familiar no. with that website. It's mm-hmm. certainly sort of like the de facto, you know, the best, most reliable source of, of leaks now because he's got who knows you know still undisclosed uh industry insider friends so people will keep sending him stuff and his 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 track record with reporting the stuff is very good because yeah i think he's very right. he's very careful about what he puts out anyway so he there were rumors going back years uh after like after season one of mandalorian that there was all kinds of conflicts between uh pedro pascal and dave filoni and then and Favreau about his character and wh- how often he has to wear the helmet and all that stuff. And uh, like he, he was putting his foot down. It's like, I'm not coming back unless you let me take my helmet off. But oh. it turns out apparently this whole time, the story just was not being reported thoroughly that they started production on the Mandalorian. They didn't have a lead actor really yet. They had the guy in the suit, but they didn't have a voice for him yet. They originally cast oh. Pedro just to do the voice. And he, oh. he and his agents negotiated say, no, Put him, put his face in the in the series too, and then up his salary, and then we'll do it. And that, apparently, that's why they wrote in that that one scene in the last episode where he has to take his helmet off so IG Eleven wow. can fix his head wound, which is amazing because that's such a great moment. It's like, how could that not have been an original idea? Yeah. But, uh, anyway, so and that's why we see a little bit more of him in season two, and so people were speculating that maybe he's not, maybe he there because we never see it at least. We may have seen him in the finale. We don't know if people because they haven't. We haven't seen it. Yet. Sorry, but uh, there was a lot of speculation. Like he's his presence in season three is downplayed a bit. He's kind of taken second stage, or, or he's kind of taken a back seat for Bo Katan. They're going to pass it on to Bo Katan, and she will be the Mandalorian. Well, that's that's a theory. I don't know if that's actually going to be the case or not. But I think what's probably more more likely is that Pedro's just busy. He was off. He was off filming Last of Us, and so yeah, they had to yeah. figure out how to balance the season so there wasn't as much pressure on his character so i think that's why there's been so much speculation about are they going to kill him off i mean i I can see that i I, so i I don't think it was ever that pedro didn't want to do the show it's just that he Mm. he wanted to show his face 
but that was that was a condition from the beginning. It wasn't something that he he suddenly became bitchy about after season one. <laughs> I could also see them doing, um, you know, the the focus on the reunification of the Mandalorians and the whole idea of um, of there being the two branches, and that Bo Katan, you are the one who walks in both worlds, and that kind of thing. I think that's <laughs> that's literally the producers going how many good actors are we going to be able to convince to come in and play Mandalorians knowing that they don't get to take their helmets off? Yeah. And so I think it's a, um, the idea is that they are changing the way this is the way, well, the way is going to change to where you'll get some guest stars who get to take their helmets off and you can see their pretty faces. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I'm hoping is going to happen now. Cause so now we're towards the end of the show. Now we can talk about this and people can laugh at how wrong we are. Oh, <laughs> sure. Speculation. But yeah, I'm hoping no, I mean, that, that's, that, that's where thing. they're going, that we're going to have the new way and that all the characters can take their helmets off. And so Pedro will be able to be in season four all right. over the place. That's what I'm hoping. All over the place. All over I don't the want place. them in just a couple places. I no. want them in all over the place. Because yeah. one thing, no matter how much they show other characters, like cuddle up to Grogu. I mean, Grogu is literally just sitting in Bo-Katan's lap. She's piling the blame. Hey, doing little buddy. Is that what? Oh, you want some pork rinds? Here you go. Um, that was my interpretation of that scene. Maybe I didn't read it that well, but um, still, I think that's, it's still the story of I do love the expanded Mandalorian universe. I love Bo-Katan. And it's another thing where, are you kidding? The voice actor gets to come and play the character that they played in the anime. Great. Um, but I can't quite see the audience following just like, and then Din went somewhere else. Yeah. Bye. No, I now mean, it's it, the adventures of teenage Grogu and Bo-Katan. Yeah. I, I don't want yeah, I, that, that's that was the thing that was kind of frustrating with the season, but I, I think they're they're still kind of tumbling over themselves trying to do damage control over whatever happened mm. with Bo, with Book of Boba Fett, which I do not mm-hmm. think was John Favreau's decision. I think that mm. somebody put pressure on him saying, and this was this has been rumored too, that they said you've got to bring Grogu back now. I think they had already it seems seems like they had already scripted it to happen in this season, and uh, it probably will be apparent in this this final episode uh, that that was the case. Uh, this is a theory. I'm, well, I guess we'll find out. You've been pushing this theory. And, You've well, been pushing this one. And, and you people watching already know the answer to this, so you can just laugh at how, whether I'm right or wrong. Uh, I, I like that you're worried about how people react to this. Yeah, I don't the, care. All two you people know what? I don't are care. still watching at this point, yeah. <laughs> including yeah. me. It'll be my, my brother. It'll be like, hey, Robin, what do yeah. you think? <laughs> That's it. Um, uh, it so... The, uh, at the end of last week, uh, Den gets abducted or abducted. He gets uh, captured by, by uh, Gideon and, uh, and taken to the uh, debriefing room. Moth, call, call me Darth yeah, Gideon. Right. Um, so people were speculating, what is he going to, he's going to probably be interrogated or else they would have just probably killed him. So they're going to be using him as a linchpin for something. But I yeah. was, I heard this theory and I kind of like the idea of it. That it would kind of make sense that Gideon would be interrogating him to try to figure out where Luke is. Because if he's, if he is trying to build, as he says, he basically says that he's building a, a Mandalorian trained force sensitive army of yeah. basically Jedi warriors. Um, so you would think you would think that the whole purpose of that is to defeat Luke's Luke and try to snuff out the threat that that's going to pose uh, down the line. 
So I, 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 I mean, if they go that way, I mean, that, that makes sense. It'd be awesome. I, I think they are being judicious and tentative with their use of, of the, the big Skywalker saga characters. So I think every time you're going to get a mention of Leia or Han or the Falcon or whatever, it's just, I don't know if they would make it a major plot point. Mm -hmm. It was a big shocker and surprise that Luke was so instrumental in coming in and, you know, it's like saving the day in a badass manner and then taking Grogu and I'm going to go train him for a couple of years and that kind of thing. That's great. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Heir of the Empire, they might be working that storyline to avoid any I know. contact. We, we so it could just be more stuff about the resurrection of Palpatine and and because um, we all wanted that and <laughs> and Thrawn and all that stuff. And, and it may have absolutely nothing to do with our good friends, Luke, Leia, yeah. Han. I am really Chewie. hoping that we do see Zeb in this finale because uh, yeah. I, I thought it would be kind of weird if we only see him once the whole series. I was kind of, oh, it was, it was nutty that we saw him at all. We didn't need to see yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. But I actually think that that was a, a tease because he'll be instrumental in Ahsoka. Cause they just wanted to flex their, this, the work they've been well, doing. It too. was also a look, big look, hint. Look and that was, and that was pre, you know, the big celebration event. So that was them going like, well, we did sure make that Zeb look pretty good, huh? Yeah. Because it would be, be cool, cool if we see him up, again. If he showed up with a squadron like uh, Carson Tiva and uh, Zeb and a squadron of X-Wing people show up oh, yeah. at the end. You know, oh, it, yeah. It would make sense. There are a lot, that's why I was saying there's a lot of different things that could happen. Um, you know, again, I was saying this to, to Jerry, and maybe I said this to you last week too, but essentially whenever – it's amazing because of the age we were when the original came out. Uh, and same with Superman, the movie and stuff. Anytime an X-Wing shows up or a traditional TIE fighter, it is like that is in my DNA. Mm -hmm. I mean, I certainly do like the actor and the character that we've seen. You know, I like saying like, yeah, we're the highway cops of the new Republic. But when it's an X-Wing and it's on screen, it's just like, I'm going, Right in the vein. Oh, right yeah. And the, and the sounds, yeah. all the sound. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. God damn it. No better. Picard, Picard's been doing that too. Oh, with the, like whenever they go, boom, you know, they have some of the sixties mm-hmm. sound effects showing up occasionally. And I'm like, Oh, and then of course with that end of the last episode, you're like, Jesus Christ. Jesus. Yeah. They right keep topping the themselves. Right in the was vein. It the week before that, that data finally reasserted himself. Yeah. And- it's almost like as they're, heading towards the end, which we will be seeing this week. Yeah. It's like you, just what you said, they're topping themselves and not only episode to episode within the episode yes. where something major will happen. I go, that was your big thing. And I'm like, Oh, that was great. And then you get four more big things. And by the end you're like, I'm exhausted. That's yeah. too much. I was, I'm sure you were too. When, when that scene with data where he's fighting, battling lore in his, in his head, essentially. And I, and I, you're thinking, oh, he, it's good. It's this game of chess he's playing with Lori. Lori doesn't realize it yet. And when he finally reveals what he's been doing, I'm like, oh, yes. And I was crying and I'm literally applauding. Just going, 
It was so good. The whole concept of him like handing off is like, well, I guess I'll go away. So I'm giving you these memories and to destroy. And then he goes, but I realized the thing that you always wanted was my life. Yeah. So I just gave you my life. It's like, yeah. I, and now you're essentially, you're me. Yeah. And he's like, oh no. Oh they no. Merged. Yeah. It was just beautiful. It's like, that's so great. Um, is, yeah, okay. him handing off like the the hollow his hollow trophy thing of of Tasha Yar, uh, yeah. of Tasha Yar. I'm like, no, because <laughs> for a while you're like, oh no, they're destroying that. Here's his cat. He's like, oh, yeah. here's Spot. No, not Spot. But you're like, oh no, he's not really destroying them. He's just giving them to him, and then when they fuse, it's all there. It's oh, it's, oh, and I, I just love. Oh. It's the best. I think it's the best performance I've seen Brent give, which is saying a lot because the man is a fucking genius. But the, oh, he's incredibly the fact talented. that he gets to play Data like 2.0, and it's like he, he's kind of done this before. Like in you know first contact, he has emotions briefly, and he's just kind of yes. drunk. Like, <laughs> and this yeah. one, he's still Data, but he's a little bit more nuanced, you know. But he still yeah, has the, the whole, same the whole the same, thing with him, like going the same like mannerisms I wish, and everything. You know, like he's like, I really wish I could make you feel better, but I I don't know how. Yeah. And he's like, that's okay. Yeah. And then he just puts his hand on his shoulder, and you're like, going, oh, dude. Dude, that simple little thing. It's like, that's it. It's like he has gotten to a point where there's not an answer for everything. And that's incredibly human. Mm -hmm. And then him going like, all I can do is this gesture. Yeah. And, and it's a natural thing. It's not him going, Hmm, I will do this. Instead, it's like, no, he's just an old friend. And then Picard just pats the hand. Like, yeah. That's my buddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, them so sitting around the table. Don't even get them yeah. on the bridge of the, Oh, don't even start. And I'm <laughs> like that. I s- sat in that captain chair, the replica at the star Trek experience. I got my picture taken in the captain's chair and I'm like to see it back. And then to have the gag about the carpet. I really hated this carpet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. Oh, uh, just gosh. Anyway. Anyway, so both series are heading towards what I think will be awesome ends. Yeah. So I guess we'll touch on this again next week. We can talk about. We will touch on it. What we were right about, what we were wrong about. And what we hope is going to happen next. Because I know that there's, I I have a feeling they are going to do another Trek series. I think Terry Terry Metalis has already pitched. He's been been vocal about it, I guess. Star Wars Legacy, I think is uh, what he wants to do. If it's Star Wars Legacy, I'm sorry, Star Trek Legacy. <laughs> Star Trek Legacy. Thank you. Star Trek Legacy was the name of my pilot that I wrote, but you know, that, no one ever was it really. Yeah, the one that was uh, huh. uh, Harry Mudd's great great grandson is a Starfleet material. Um, he's a second in command. It was me trying to flip the script. It was after Nemesis. And Star Trek was quiet. There wasn't anything coming out. And I was like, I want there to be a series that tries to capture the feel of the original, as in, we need more swashbucklers and less administrators, is what I said. And so I was flipping all the things. I didn't make the main character the captain. The captain's a main character, but the main character is the second in command, who is not a very good officer because he's a little too much of the con artist and freewheeler. And they're not an exploratory vessel. They're literally just a supply vessel, but they end up getting involved in a very major 
thing and then scapegoated. So they are broken from Starfleet. Starfleet is after them. So are the main villains. They're on their own. Their ship gets modified to where it has weapons. And I had Alexander. I had Worf's son as one of the crew. I, I also flipped the script of where every Starfleet crew is humans, 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 and your token alien. And in mine, it was aliens, one token human. I had a, a, a Delta, a Delton, so bald empath lady, didn't go with the Beta Z. Uh, I had a Gorn. Um, wow. And yeah, I, I went all in. The big thing, and the reason I call it Star Trek Legacy is not only is Harry Mudd's great-great-grandson the main character, and Worf is his buddy, I mean, Alexander, Worf's son, mm-hmm. um, is that it was uh, the captain who is half human, half Vulcan, we find out later, and it was obscured in his Starfleet records, is that he is the son of Savick and uh, David Kirk. Um, when they were on the um, uh, Genesis planet, they were there for quite a while. Uh, and mm-hmm, that ah. was my thing. Is mm-hmm. So the captain of this ship, uh, who has purposely kept his career low profile, is actually uh, Kirk and Savick's grand Savick. Okay. I had to first do my brain. Remember the net. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, Because David and, and Savick were on the Genesis planet between Star Trek's three and four. No, between two and three. Yes. Uh, and you know, was it Christie Alex Savick or the other actress? (laughs) I, I, no offense to Robin Curtis, but it was Kirstie Alley. Okay. But, um, so in other words, the idea that you have Kirk's grandson who is half Vulcan and prefers to be all Vulcan and that kind of thing. And mud finds out, he's like going, you're like Starfleet royalty. And the guy's like going, don't pass that around. I don't want my background getting out. He's like going, sure thing, Captain Kirk. He's like, I'm going to hit you in the face. (laughs) No, he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, that was my Star Trek legacy. And I I wrote a a two hour pilot for a a series and had a pitch uh, packet because I was like, no one's doing anything. Trek's just sitting there. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, years later gets resurrected. My script never went anywhere. I'm glad you wrote it. I like it still. (laughs) Um, it yep. starts with, uh, him doing his, uh, his log and he says, uh, my name is mud. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And he's waking up next to a Cardassian ambassador's wife that he's been uh, sleeping with on deep space nine. <laughs> and he has to run from her jealous husband to get on board his ship. <laughs> That's great. And the ship's called the Pequod. Give me two steps. Give me two steps. It is is basically (laughs) that. And he's tapping his communicator badge and going, Alex, Alexander, what's our docking bay? What's our docking bay? And he's running and they're firing (laughs) phasers at him. It's like docking bay 13. He's like, I'm on my way. I'm on. Open the door. Open the door. I had fun. Or is it three three steps? Give me three steps. Give me three steps. Give me three steps, mister. Give me three steps. steps Toe the door. door. Yeah. Is Uh, that a song you guys cover pretty much every night? No. God, no. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, you were, you, you were, you t- we were talking about Trek uh, a couple weeks ago, and you, you talked about how you just please get away from this, the prequel series stuff. And uh, yeah. as much as I love Strange New Worlds, it occurred to me that the reason why the show is great has nothing to do with the time period it's set in. It's the cast and the premise. It's the cast and the tone. The, yeah, the tone, right. The, or the episodic. And similar, 
yes. structure. Now, the difference, like if I had, if my script had gone somewhere, the difference with mine was, is it would have arcs. It's just the way I'm, it's the way, and actually Strange New Worlds does too, because it is building towards Pike knows his fate. You know, he knows what. Which is an interesting. It's an interesting thing. Thing to be heading towards. Yeah. But it is, and I love this about Strange New Worlds, is that it is adapting the original series format, which is. Week to week, mm-hmm. new storyline, new uh, thing, and it's all about the interpersonal relationships of the crew and and what, what how that builds over the course of all these isolated stories. Yeah, uh, because yeah, the next generation is still unbelievably great, but it started that trend towards okay now. Plus, they had to do so many episodes for a season, like you know. So you get all those filler yeah, episodes. 100 episodes. <laughs> Oof. And then, you know, and some people are absolutely thinking that Deep Space Nine and the Dominion War and all that stuff is the best Star Trek will ever be. And you're like, yeah, but the big arcing storylines and all that, I'm not. Yeah, not a big So fan. I do like an adventure. And yeah. that's what Star Trek is when it's best is an adventure mm-hmm. with emotional wait but just i want to see them go and explore stuff not be gritty warriors not boring like i said administrators constantly talking about prime directive get out there and fuck some shit up yeah yeah i did i did anyway. love that they they brought they mentioned prime directive as the reason why the uh yes, the yes. enterprise d's uh saucer section was preserved it's like oh. and that was again look at the thought they're yeah. like well how do we explain that it's like well dude they couldn't leave that on a primitive world including of Kurt's course body. not yeah that's probably it makes sense yeah, yeah. do you so, get that stuff back it just makes sense so Ugh. and then about the star trek legacy series i was hoping mm-hmm. that shaw would be a part of that of course in this last oh. episode he was killed which which i was very upset about although i have a theory and of course i'm probably already wrong by the time this episode comes out but I, I, I was reminded that seven of nine, whom he is left with there on the Titan, uh, seven had when he, when she on, on Voyager, uh, when she was first disconnected from the Borg and she became a member of the crew, she had this leftover ability that she could resurrect people within 24 hours oh, of death with, with her nanites. She only did it once with Neelix and it was so traumatic for him that I don't know if, if it's canon, but she never did it again. I'm sure the writers are like, well, this is just too convenient, but yeah, she never yeah. did it again. But it was, it was a traumatic experience for Neelix. Like he took Holy a while to get shit. over it. I didn't even remember that. They you digging say, that out of the, oh. yeah, she could maybe be forced to do it because they're in a corner or something and they need, maybe, maybe she and Raffi are separated or who, who knows what the reason is, but I could see her like going, what are you doing? It's like, we've we done this before well, I, yes, once it didn't go so well <laughs> you know i gotta say i mean that is very what a trip it would deep be to dive fan thing but at the same time the way the show has been put together did, they would know that and yeah and they could they could use that. and it would be a crazy turn it's for also his a character. tribute to how awesome his character developed and the actor being so good yeah that because what an asshole that no one likes at the beginning and then by the end you're like dude i love shaw yeah but it would help. It would, it would, I don't so, know if I mean, if he goes out heroically, it's it's still good. But it's if they bring good. him back, no one's going to complain. Did you ever see District 9? Yes. Remember the guy is basically, you know, racist against aliens and he becomes an yep. alien. They could yep. have a similar thing with his character in this. That he's, yep. he's been, you know, pissed off at the board. Turned into the thing that he hated. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I'm I'm all for it, but again, uh, who knows? One episode and then she's done. Uh, uh, did you try to get tickets to go see it on IMAX? No, I haven't IMAX. even seen if it's showing here or not. I think it is somewhere around here, but I'm pretty sure it's sold out. And I'm out. I'm broke. I'm just not watching on TV. I forgot about that. Um, it it does that show is totally movie worthy. Oh, I yeah. would see it on the big screen. Mm-hmm. I saw like. Uh, two episodes of Battlestar Galactica live streamed on the big screen here when it was, um, when it was hot. Oh, really? And of course, Katie Sackhoff is a local. Uh, she's Pacific Northwest, Portland. Oh. So she was in attendance oh, cool. <laughs> at one of them. She was tipsy, <laughs> but, 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 but adorably so. So like after the episode, there was a little Q and a, and the guy who, you know, the, the, theater guy is like so questions for katie and then and she's like well you know (laughs) (laughs) but it was it was pretty cool i mean and that was a show that looked good on the big screen but this thing they they spent the money they knew this was the winner Mm -hmm. all right i gotta go i'm hungry so um again we need your thoughts wishes and prayers to get John Favreau and Dave Filoni on our show. So if you know them, yeah. uh, you let them know that they got a couple of fans. Yep. Oh, also stress them. They would not be forced to physically be in either one of our apartment spaces. They're yeah. free to sit in their own nice houses. <laughs> it's a special allowance for them. Yeah. Special. So, allowance. Yeah. All, All right. right. Cool. So, uh, I'll see you later. Live yeah. long and prosper. Yes. Thank you folks. We'll see you next week.